This is a sermon given at St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. Visit our website at stdave.org. You know, when we hear this amazing story out of the Gospel according to Luke in a formal liturgy, it's read in one voice and it's read in kind of a liturgical tone. And you pick it up and it feels like this was a rational, reasonable conversation that people were having on the side of the road. But actually, I think if we could plunge into this story and remember what was happening around it, all the things that were happening around it, we can relate to it in a totally different way. It is much like your life and mine when something utterly unexpected, utterly chaotic happens. Something that at the same time is devastating and painful. And then with this strange sense of urgency and hope and also kind of feeling frozen. I think that's how this whole group of people was feeling. I mean, think about it all. The tomb is empty. They're not sure what's happening. They've gone to take care. They've heard this. They've heard rumors. Their hearts are broken. Jesus is dead, but everything is falling apart. They're rushing back and forth. There are people that must have been passing each other on the road, you know, rushing to tell people. Think about when you get that kind of news in your own life. The first thing you do is you start kind of panicking and telling as many people, who do we need to call? Who do we need to text? This is long before that was even possible. So they're just rushing about. I picture this story as really sheer chaos. Just moving and running from one place to another. And then along as they've gone to the tomb, now they're running back the other way. And they see Jesus, who has been raised from the dead, but they don't recognize as Jesus. In their grief and in their pain, in their sorrow, they see Jesus. And he just asks, what are y'all talking about? And they do what we do. When you have that kind of trauma in your life, and someone doesn't know what's going on, and they stop and they ask you, it's almost offensive, isn't it? How can you not know? How can you not know that my world has come to a screeching halt? Have you not heard? Are you the only person in town that has not heard what has happened? And they begin to try to explain it to Jesus. And they get this broken story that's full of maybes and perhapses. And then Jesus, like almost like the well-being stranger, tries to explain a little bit, tries to teach them, but they're still so trapped in the chaos that they still don't see. But they can, well, we know a little bit later, they, they say that their hearts were burning. So something's getting in. You know, this is how revelation works. It's kind of a progressive thing where we experience a little bit, we try to make sense of it, but the pain or the fear or the excitement is too much and we're closed off to it. Then we experience a little more, then a companion helps explain it. And then we a little bit more, a little bit more. But it's only when they were pressed into acting like good hosts, even in their pain, they knew they couldn't let this stranger walk off in the dark. They said, come stay with us and you can leave in the morning. And then they break bread and they finally see that it's Jesus. And then when they explain it to their disciples, one of them, one group saying that Peter saw the risen Lord and they say, yes, but we did too. We saw him and he was known to us in the breaking of the bread. 
I love this story. It's so chaotic. And it is so pain-filled. And yet it's also so joyful. And it's this progressive understanding of what's actually happened. And I think this is how this is what's required when we're trying to understand the work of God among us. Who, who among us can see the work of God clearly in the present tense? It is almost something that we look back on and we say, oh, weren't our hearts burning when he was talking? And oh, didn't we see him when he was breaking of the bread? This is the way real life works. I think that's the power of this story. Is it's just exactly like real life. And it's just exactly like, surely, the lives of the people 175 years ago who decided to build an Episcopal church in Austin, Texas. There were about 3,000 people hanging out in this new village, and there was no actual organized congregation yet. And so a group of people started gathering and meeting in various places, trying to pull together an Episcopal congregation. And apparently one of the legends, I think it was Mr. Booth, maybe the third rector, while they were still trying to raise the money to build an actual building, he realized the um, proximity of the site they wanted to build to the, shall we say, entertainment district of the city of Austin. <laughs> and so he started making friends in the entertainment district, like you do when you're going to build a neighborhood church. And it became kind of legendary, and some of the people in the entertainment industry started coming to church. And there's one legend, and I don't know if it's Mr. Booth or another, I can't remember which one, but that he was trying to raise money for the building, so he went to the bars. And he was getting the patrons of the bars, trying to get them to come to church. And they put out a little wager. We'll come to church if you will come inside this bar. If you will come inside and have a drink with us, we will come to your church. And so he did. He went into the bar. Right? Living on the edges. Living on the margins. Right? He goes in, strikes up friendships with people in the entertainment district. And they really did start coming to church. And so much of the money that was raised for the first building of St. David's was raised that way. Just think about the chaos of that early town, the chaos of this growing town, and also just right on the sort of the build up to the Civil War, the midst of the Civil War, just on the heels of the Civil War and Reconstruction. Just think about all that pain and all that fear, all that uncertainty, but also all that hope because they feel like they are being called by God to say something, to present God in this crazy, chaotic, frontier town. And so they begin to preach Jesus. They open the doors of this new building and they break bread together. And I wonder, I wonder if that whole time if their hearts weren't burning as they engage the boundaries of that city, if they like, I think Jesus is here. And I wonder about that first Eucharist in that first building and was Jesus revealed to them in the breaking of the bread? Right then, right there. And now, here we are, 175 years later, living in a town with about a million people, and every bit is chaotic and crazy and pain-filled 
and hope-filled and joy-filled as Austin has ever been. And think about where our building sits. We sit right on the edges of everything. We are still close friends with the entertainment district. <laughs> this is a really important part of our identity, is that we are a block away. And we want to be a place where we know that, we embrace that, we welcome that, we love that, and we bring some love and joy and some love of Jesus into that. And then directly north of us is the federal government and five blocks away, the state capitol. Miring ourselves into the messy, hard, political realities of trying to live our lives. But not stepping away from it, not afraid of it. Wandering into that margin, same thing with all the pain, all the hope, all the joy. Trying to bring a little love of Jesus into this. And see if we can't have our hearts burning somewhere there. And knowing Jesus when we break bread. Then to the just to the east, to the west of us, is the, sort of a center of commerce. This big hotel with loads of businesses and businesses and offices in there. Engaging this part of the city. Engaging what kind of city are we going to become? What kind of place are we? We want to create a place that is filled with love and hope, joy. Bring a little love of Jesus into that. And see if our hearts don't burn along the way. And then, of course, to the east, and on our own ground floor, we have ground zero for ministering to some of the most vulnerable people in our city. Huge part of our identity. Engaging the boundaries of stepping into where the most acute and obvious pain in our city is. Trying to bring a little love of Jesus into this. Crack it open somehow. So that we can see the love of Jesus and maybe change some things. Maybe do it differently. And we are no more sure about what we ought to be doing than the disciples were. And then our forebearers were. Often it feels like we are making this up as we go along. Just trying to figure out how do we bring a little love of Jesus into this. And even our building now has spilled out all the way up on the North Burnett Road where we have this amazing place called Next to You, where we bring in all the things from all the edges of all the people's lives and bring them into the building, shuffle them around, sell them, trade them, give them to one another in order to raise some money to do two things, to keep that beautiful old building where it is so that it can continue to bear witness to the love of Jesus and to bring the gifts of that work into the most broken, painful parts of the city. Bring in the little love of Jesus into the city of Austin. And it just goes on and on. And I think it is fascinating to imagine what will this look like a hundred years from now? How will it look? Will they be just as confused as we are or will they be making it up too as they go along? Will the world continue to change as fast as it changes for us? Will they be as filled with chaos and grief, but also hope and joy as we are? Will they continue to pour it out in some way, to bring a little love? Will their hearts burn like ours do? 
like they did 175 years ago, like the disciples did, where their hearts burn, knowing that Jesus is among them? And will they, in whatever format that takes, when they break the bread and they pour the chalice, will they see Jesus like the disciples saw Jesus, like our forebears saw Jesus, like we see Jesus? In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You can find more lectures and sermons on iTunes by searching for St. David's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas, or visit our website at stdave.org and click on the podcast button.